Hey there, we at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. On this week's episode of the podcast, we're talking about a time in American history when another disease was sweeping through the land, and that time, we just decided to kind of ignore it. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do. That sounds like the worst idea, but buckle up anyway, because this is Deadball Brothers. Welcome to Deadball Brothers, a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a healthy, healthy dose of stupidity. And you know that we're keeping it healthy around these parts. Gotta wash those hands. Keeping everything clean, making sure that this coronavirus doesn't come all up in here. It's not getting here. No, no way. No, sir. Not Although, at all. I did just read about how coronavirus is being attached to like um, shh, air pollution shh, 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 particles. We don't need but, to bring we don't need to bring that that evil into this podcast. Yeah, yeah. We it's, need to, it's totally fine. They don't they don't need to know. No, they already they, they already get enough of that elsewhere. They know. They're escaping. They're escaping into the realm of history. They are. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast brought to you by betonline.ag and Blue Chew. And as always, we are a part of the Blue the Blue Wire podcast network. And this podcast is hosted by me, myself, everybody's most favorite freelance soccer writer, Adam Whitaker Snavely, joined as always by my real life brother, Drew Snavely. And I just want to circle back around to your your uh, change in announcement, your entrance. Yes. Normally you say least favorite, but <clears throat> now you're saying most favorite. It's a, it's a little bit of a change of brand, but okay. uh, I. I came up with the call sign of everybody's least favorite athletic writer because when I got brought into the athletic, I was like the least famous person, like easily the least known. I literally had like, who's this dude? (laughs) I literally, I literally had like 500 Twitter followers. Yeah. When I, when, when they kind of plucked me from obscurity and brought in like and and like all the people that they were they were doing like Tenorio have been at four four two. Um they did stuff with uh um uh, they did stuff with some stats bomb people, they did stuff um with some people that were well known freelancers at this point at that point in time that were doing stuff for like local papers um that were pretty well followed and I was writing satirical articles on SB Nation, but but now, the people know me. Now that I don't have that stiff competition that I have at theathletic.com, I'm everybody's most favorite freelance writer. Okay. Okay. So that's that's the that's the shift that has occurred. That is yeah. a little a little glimpse and a little story about my life. Thank you for that biography. Dude, you're so welcome. Thank you for asking. Autobiography. Thank you for noticing. Right? Yeah. Yeah, auto, it's autobiographical, sure. Yeah. Certainly. Cuz it's made by you, created by you. Drew? But, yes. We still don't have much soccer happening in the world today, and that's because of a little thing called the coronavirus and COVID-19, a global pandemic. But you told me before we started recording this podcast that you were going to talk about a different global pandemic. Yeah, yeah. So history tends to repeat itself, Imagine that. as people say. 
And I, I hate to tell you that pandemics are kind of repetitive, but they kind of happen every hundred years or so. <clears throat> yep. Which is really unfortunate. Uh, yeah, which is not good. Not great. So we're going to go back a little bit, about a hundred years, uh, to the Spanish flu of 1918, 1919. <sighs> and, uh, El flu de Spanish. Well, it's kind of crazy because it's not... It's not, e- about, it's not about Spain at all, I know. Yeah, it originated in the United States. Yes. So, I I can't remember why exactly the uh, Spanish flu stuck, but um, it upset like Spaniards that... I would imagine, It's yes. being labeled as the Spanish flu because they don't really have anything to do with it other than... I yeah. mean, it affected the entire world. Right, yes. So, but yeah, I mean, typical U.S., just... Pushing the blame somewhere else, mm. you know. Yeah, I don't. I'm not familiar with that. I don't know. I don't know about that. Really? We don't have to get. Uh, yeah, that. we don't. Have to. So the U.S. Open Cup, which previous, which has been known as the National Challenge Cup okay. before it became known as the U.S. Open Cup. Sure. It's been a competition since 1914. Yeah, it's the easily the longest running soccer competition in the United States. Yes. The tournament during the 1918 and 1919 season faced some similar challenges that we are facing today with COVID-19. Right. And I've already talked a little bit about the Spanish flu. And for those of you who don't know about it, um, I mean, it's compared... COVID-19 is being compared to Spanish flu because of how um, contagious it is and how deadly it is. About a third of the world's population became infected with the Spanish flu. Yes. And about 50 million people passed away because of it. Which is quite a lot. It's a very significant yes. portion of the world's population. Uh-huh. <laughs> which, is, which is terrible. Mm-hmm. So knowing these statistics now, you may think that something like the Open Cup would take a similar route to what it is now, which is just indefinite postponement until things clear up, right? Well, Drew, uh, we have a, a president in 2020 who has suggested ingesting bleach as a, a means to stop the current global pandemic. So I'm going to guess that 100 years ago, um, they also maybe didn't make some smart decisions. Well, yeah. You, you got me there. You, <laughs> you definitely really did. But right now in our current situation, I mean, things are locked down. Sporting yes. events aren't happening. Not at all. And that seems to be a bigger step that was taken now compared to what was taken then. Sure. Because yeah, absolutely. there weren't as many precautions taken back then. And we will get into that. So the winner of the 1917 Open Cup and runner-up 1918 um, Open Cup. World Cup. I said World Cup. (laughs) I'm saying Open Cup, the U.S. Open Cup. It's really the National Challenge Cup. I'm going to kind of use those two interchangeably. They're the same competition. It's the same competition. We've established, established our bona fides here. Yes. So Fall River Rovers. They won 1917 Open Cup, and they were runners up in 1918. They didn't even get the chance to compete in 1919 because also during 1918, 1919 was a little thing called World War Just One. a very small event occurred. And because of that, Fall River Rovers 
didn't have enough players because they're some of a lot of their players were enlisted in the military. Right. And so they weren't able to compete for that whole season in any competition. Makes sense. So the tournament was set to start in October 1918, which also happens to be the deadliest month in United States history. Is this is that when um are we talking? Are we gonna talk about the uh, the parade in Philly? I yeah, I was gonna touch you're, on it touch, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll we'll get there. Yeah, approximately one hundred ninety five thousand Americans died in October nineteen alone, just due to the Spanish flu. Good lord! In the lead up to the tournament, at least one professional soccer player whose team competed in. The Open Cup yeah. passed away. Sandy Anderson from Four River AFC. There are reports of another player dying, Sam Bustard from Patterson FC, but there are also reports of him that conflict those initial reports saying that he actually recovered from his illness. And there are even still more reports that he died and then was raised back to life, was positively resurrected. Sam Bustard is Jesus is basically yeah, Sam, what Sam Jesus Jesus Bustard Bustard yes <laughs> so organizers of the U.S. Open Cup they were worried that the the yeah. tournament wasn't going to be able to be played yeah certainly you know because <laughs> I of, would I would hope that they would be worried <laughs> yes the college football season had mostly been canceled sure and so when you have that kind of precedent. Things start. I mean, you have to shut things down to kind of save face at that point. Americans can't have their football. What are they? How are they going to also have their soccer? They were. It's football. Yeah, yeah. Football. They were also really discouraged when the final World Series game only had fifteen thousand fans in attendance. Man, (laughs) this was September. Only fifteen thousand people risking their lives to go watch the baseball. This can, was, can the man with the wooden stick, stick hit the ball? 15,000 people will find out in person. So this is September 1918, the month before, the, yeah, the right. deadliest yes. month in U.S. history. And kind of a random note, the teams that were playing in the World Series were the Boston Red Sox and Chicago Cubs. And this was the last World Series that the Red Sox won. Before the curse of the Bambino yeah, became about, a thing. Talk about the two most cursed franchises in baseball history. I know. And was held until 2004. So like 86 years. That's right, a little yeah. side nugget about baseball if you care about <laughs> a that. Side nug. A little side nug. <laughs> Dug it as a honey mustard. <laughs> Eat that if you want it. Uh, and gatherings like the World Series were a large reason why October 8, 1918 was so bad. Philadelphia had over 12,000 casualties in October, a large part due to the Liberty Loan Parade, where 200,000 people gathered on September 28th to raise money for the war. Here's my thing. Parades aren't even fun. (laughs) I mean, it was like, it's wartime. I mean, there's that camaraderie. I support guess. the troops. I just never... Support the war effort. I've never gotten the whole appeal of parades... I'm going to stand usually in the cold because almost all parades are always like in the winter months. Yeah. The ones that are like matter. I'm going to stand in the cold for hours and hours and be completely surrounded on all sides by people. 
It just sounds like kind of like a cold, claustrophobic nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Not great. And these people got a disease from it. So, a lot, a lot of them did. Yeah, and a lot of them tragically passed away, which is which is terrible. So, anyways, with Spanish flu cases and deaths rising, U.S. Open Cup organizers decided it was best to postpone some of the games. <laughs> Wait, come again? <laughs> Only some, Only some of the games. games. Only some high risk games. Round one games were scheduled to start on October 20th. Four of those games still took place that day. Other other games were postponed for a week or two. Yeah. That should give us enough time to recover, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, obviously. (laughs) Maybe not. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast brought to you today by a new sponsor, Blue Chew. Guys, you looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Go to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. Thank you so much to Blue Chew, and also thank you to our other sponsor for this week's podcast, BetOnline.ag. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. You missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. It's all open 24 hours a day, and it's all online. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new free welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Thank you so much to both Blue Chew and Bet Online uh, for sticking with us, Blue Wire Podcast, through this weird time that we are currently finding ourselves in. Uh, almost all of our podcasts on the network are sports podcasts, but these people are still sticking with us even through this time when there are no sports. So we're really appreciative of them. Uh, we want to give some love back to them. And if you feel like you can use either of those products, remember to use that promo code Blue Wire, all one word, and use those uh so just so we can support the people that are supporting us uh and thank you so much for listening as always if you want to support our podcast more you can leave us a rating and review and right now i think it's time to get back to the story and welcome back from that sweet sweet musical interlude drew 
you're about to tell us about this tournament that only decided to cancel some games in the face of a global pandemic. I was going to say, thousands of Americans are dying from this Spanish flu, and the U.S. Open Cup Committee has the perfect solution. Postpone a handful of games by a week or two. And uh, but a couple that games, should do it. But a couple games are also still going to happen as scheduled. In the modern sense, I like to think that if MLS were to do this, they're like, all right, everybody cancel your games except for Chicago and Dallas and Houston. You guys just don't change anything. You're fine. <laughs> You've already social distanced enough. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> it actually turned out to be positive for one team that there was just a one-week postponement. Because Merchant Ship FC keeper and Phillies, Philadelphia Phillies second baseman, Harry Pierce. Wait, wait, hold on. He played second base for the Phillies and he was a goalkeeper for a team called Merchant Ship FC. Okay. That sounds like a place that you buy cocaine online. Like you buy illegal drugs that get shipped to your door. That's what that sounds like. I should have written out all the team names that you are in this tournament. Have. Because as I go through these, you're going to be like, wow, that's a really weird name. And there's even more that I don't even mention. Oh, man. So, An embarrassment of riches. Yeah, it really is. So... <laughs> Um, he, he was a keeper for Merchant Ship FC, and he was also the second baseman for the Philadelphia Phillies. He now had enough time to recover from the Spanish flu himself. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So, he got to play in the game versus oh, no. Hog Island. H-O-G? Like pigs? Okay. All right. Hog Island AAFC. So there's another gem for you. That is another gem. Wow. Thank you. And um, actually helped Merchant Ship FC to a first-round victory. So, I mean, good for you, <laughs> Yeah, Harry he Pierce. did it by giving everybody else on the field Spanish flu. Well, he recovered, so you don't really know if he was contagious. Uh, but, yeah, it's not great. Icky. No, it's, it, it's not great. There were three first-round games that were played in New York City without postponement. So of the four games, three of them were in New York City, which had the second-highest death rate yeah. that the week of the games they played, only behind Philadelphia. Yeah, because it's like the densest place in the country population-wise. Yes. It just makes sense. Four th- the, weeks, the week that these games were played... 4,000 people in New York City died just from Spanish flu, which is crazy. All of the first-round games eventually went on without, a, I mean, a hitch, I guess. Okay. You know. <clears throat> I feel like there were a couple hitches, but. I mean, yes, there were, defi- there were definitely hitches, but. Will Smith was in there. <laughs> Will Smith like that? was see, in there, yes. You see that, very, that joke? Follow very that, clever. Follow it all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> People didn't want to postpone the games too long because local governments viewed athletic events as an opportunity to boost morale. I mean, you have this terrible pandemic, uh-huh. and you also have World War One. Yeah, things are pretty rough. Sports was kind of seen as an opportunity to get everybody together, which is the worst thing that you can get do in a pandemic. Together, control the population. You know. 
several thousand birds one stone. Yes. Yeah, it's terrible. The The Committee on Public Information, which was created by the Woodrow Wilson administration to persuade public opinion of World War One. Good old double W. Dub dub. Other people might call it propaganda. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. it definitely which was. I that was. They didn't like the spread of negative news, so a lot of what the damage the flu was doing wasn't really reported. The scale of things were severely underreported. Huh. Which you know, imagine that. That sounds crazy. I, at least you know. You know what, Drew? At least something like that would never happen in today's society. Oh yeah, you. I mean, I can't. I can't think of anything that that would that would ever. Yeah. You would underreport. That sounds so so silly. Yeah. <sighs> this is just the sound of the existential dredge settling over us right now. There. For all of you listening at home. I guess we can just move forward with the story. Yeah, instead. probably. <laughs> More Strydock, which is a soccer team, because. It doesn't immediately sound like it would be. I mean, the team name is Morse Dry Dock. <laughs> Had five players from the talented former Fall River Rovers that I mentioned previously that were runners-up in the year's previous competition and won two years prior. I guess this is the time... Okay, so especially with the, the Dry Dock name, I guess this is the time period where a lot of like companies just have clubs... And yes. so they, the club just are named after the company. Yeah, because people are working in shipyards and they're yeah. working in steel yards. Well, and Bethlehem so, Steel, exactly the, the most famous yeah, yeah, yeah. soccer team in American history. All those, all those companies in, in places had teams yeah. uh, because that's where the jobs were. Sure. You know. Fun facts: My father-in-law's office is in an old Bethlehem steel factory. Wow! In Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. That is that is a fun fact. We're gonna get to Bethlehem Steel because. Or they Lehigh were Valley or wherever it is, certainly in this story. Though they were in it. I mean, you can't have a, a U.S. Open Cup uh, tournament of, of story this, this time in the 19 teens, yeah. and not mention Bethlehem Steel. We talked about him. We'll get we'll get there. But anyway, more Strydock, who took a ton of players from Fall River Rovers, who didn't have enough players to play this yes. season. Mm-hmm. Um, they dominated Standard Shipyard. Just, just, another just a, very, a very generic name very for a standard. team. Very uh, standard. Standard. Yes. 4-0. So Merchant Shipyard B versus Distant AA was another notable game from the first round because there were 12 goals that were scored. And usually when you see a 12-goal contest, yeah. it's like a thrashing. Uh-huh. But this, these are just like no defense this game was tied 5-5 <laughs> at 90 minutes. Yes. And That's what I'm talking about. So M- Merchant Shipyard B, their B team, scored two goals in extra time mm-hmm. to advance. It, it must be said, somebody somebody was like commenting this on uh, some Pele highlights of just like some things that he did and this whole thing that was like cut together. Man, defenders used to be absolutely god-awful at defending. <laughs> All they did was just break legs. Defenders were terrible. They would just <laughs> kick. There was, I mean, it's not like it's gotten a little bit better, I guess. But yeah, defenders back in the day would just kick people. Like that was it. That's the only defense. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of um, my 
my um, JV soccer coach, Chad Hanoski. Oh, he, Chad? He would talk about, he's like, yeah, back in the day, they'd always put those fat kids on defense. And I absolutely loved it. Oh there was just something about like having a bigger kid on defense, being able to like wreck lives. But if you have a quick kid that's good with the ball at their feet, like it's no contest. I mean, that kid's going to win every time. Unless that bigger kid actually gets a hold of the the smaller quick kid and breaks his life. But anyways, uh, that's, that's... What a bro. Oh, man. Love Chad. <laughs> Love Chad. <laughs> so anyways, the first round finishes up, and the second round isn't postponed at all. Because why would, why would you... Because why would you need to postpone Why it? would you need to postpone the tournament <clears throat> what, that what was it? scheduled to, to start back up November 10th? Yeah. So days after the the deadliest month in u.s history just like like 10 days after it due to this pandemic so i mean you know it's probably fine it's probably fine tight it's actually the day before uh world war one officially ended so there is some good news in there november 11th november 11th uh it's the end of world war one which is great <clears throat> For those of you uh, listening and wondering uh, about the difference between Armistice Day and Veterans Day, you should read Kurt Vonnegut's quote about it. That's just a little plug, and that's all I'll say about it. We'll just keep, just on, keep on chugging on through this. We'll keep on chugging through this story. I felt I needed to mention. So, a lot of really weird things happened in the second round of this tournament. Sure. V- very strange. So. Detroit FC advanced after Corinthians FC forfeited. Okay. Wasn't able to find the reason why Corinthians FC forfeited. They just um, did. But it just... They forfeited because they were actually a Brazilian team. <laughs> <laughs> They're in Brazil. There's some confusion there. Yeah, there's a little bit of loss in translation. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's strange to see a forfeit in a tournament that the team like signed up they they right. entered yeah. it was their decision to yeah. enter into the tournament but anyways they messed up they did viking fc yes couldn't secure a field to play on <laughs> they were scheduled to host the match between new york fc hey 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 happy lee ferrickson day happy lee ferrickson day <laughs> So they actually had to forfeit because they couldn't provide a field to play on, and New York FC got to advance. Just, just, just because, just because they weren't in charge of scheduling yeah. the match. <laughs> it was just kind of funny. Okay. Chinese students FC. Oh, okay. Which uh, I don't. Yeah. Any joke there is just trouble. Oh, there's just there's it's just trouble there. Yeah, it's just like a strange name. They, were they Chinese? Or, I don't and they know. Were students or were they American people taking Chinese? Uh, there's a mystery around Chinese students FC. Yeah, it is. It is definitely strange. I didn't dig into the history of why <laughs> they were called Chinese students FC. That's fair. And I apologize to you and to all of our listeners for that. Any any members of Chinese students FC out there? Chinese Chinese students FC didn't show up to their match <laughs> against more Strydock, but. And so they were forfeited. Right. They forfeited the match because of that. Yes. It was later revealed that Moore Strydock, who was hosting the match, 
change the time of the game Yo. without notifying Chinese students FC. Oh, that's evil. And that's why they they missed the game. They didn't show up to the game. <laughs> the USFA, yes. which... United the, States Football Association. Association which, football. yeah. Which is soccer. Yeah, it's soccer. I mean, it's a little bit different now. Cause it's the, the USSF. The USSF United now. United States Soccer Federation. Yeah. Anyways, they got involved and they punished Morse Dock, but the forfeit still stood for some reason. How? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Yo, Chinese Students FC got screwed. They got screwed a horde. Justice for Chinese Students FC. Yeah, seriously. So, moving on to an, a different weird match. Pittsburgh FC... Didn't have enough players due to enlistments in the war who had not returned yet. That makes sense, yeah. So Homestead Steel got to advance to the next round. If you're Homestead Steel, you just pick any schmuck off the street. Like, hey, you want to play some soccer? (laughs) Okay, so just remember the name Homestead Steel because they're going to come back up. And and it's kind of funny. And remember that Pittsburgh FC had to forfeit because of enlistments. Mm -hmm. So there was another matchup between Federal Ship and Merchant B, which saw Federal Ship win 2-1. Okay. But during the game, there was a moment where the referee coughed and accidentally blew his whistle. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no. Come so on. Come on. <laughs> this was at a moment where Merchant B was trying they're they're pushing for a goal yeah yeah I they, were, like, they were attacking they yeah. were attacking and so when the game ended 2-1 and they lost they were understandably upset oh my gosh. and they yeah. decided to file a complaint and try to get this game replayed well they won and they oh. and they were able to get a replay. But Chinese students at C couldn't get their game replay. I know it's man, it's really that's racist. It is racist, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. So this replay was played on Christmas Day for whatever just, reason. Just an ideal time to have a game. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Especially in the Northeast. It's <laughs> yeah. another thing. We're going to continue into the winter with the U.S. Open Cup games. Oh my gosh. And I'm just really thankful that MLS and North American Soccer adjusted their playing Yo, schedule. I see so many people that are just like, oh, MLS needs to get on the Europeans. <laughs> I'm like, that's a terrible idea. Bad idea. You can't have any games in New York, in Massachusetts, in Toronto, in Vancouver, probably. Chicago. Chicago. You can, oh, Colorado? Forget Toronto. it. Toronto. You can barely have you can barely have games at the beginning and end of the season in Colorado as it is. Seattle, Portland. Seattle, Seattle and Portland are kind of maybe. okay. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a, a crapshoot. Yeah. I think but, it's a bad idea. Continue. But anyways... Federal Shipyard still won the replay, so it ultimately didn't matter that the referee nearly choked on his whistle (laughs) and caused a minor controversy. Sure. There was also a match that was played this um, second round on Thanksgiving Day that I I just wanted to note because, I don't know, it's just weird that there was a game on Thanksgiving and there was also a game on on Christmas. You don't really... The, running through the holidays. Yeah. Next yeah, Valentine's Day. Just it's just weird. 
<laughs> Did they play on Ash Wednesday? I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> so this leads us into the third round, which, again, not postponed. And, I mean, the Spanish flu is still in full effect. Waves still keep on crashing over the states. Yep. I mean, you'll get, like, high points where... Right, yeah. There are a lot of people being infected and dying, and then there are low it points. Goes down, it goes down. And, and just, people are like, oh, we can all congregate in large groups again. And then the virus is like, haha, no, you can't, silly. Yes. The third round had its fair <clears throat> share of strangeness, too, because there were definitely some, some weird, <laughs> there's some weird stuff that there's happened there. You know. Homestead Steelworks forfeited their match versus Bethlehem Steel. Due to lack of players because of World War One. Okay. Weirdly, Homestead Steelworks, who I said to remember, yep. initially advanced to the third round in the first place yes. due to a forfeit of the same reason from Pittsburgh FC. It makes you wonder if Pittsburgh FC just forfeited first. I, that's what <laughs> I think it was. Like, if they just forfeited first and then Homestead was like, well, I guess... Um, Maybe our boys will be back. They they look back at their bench that has three people on it, and they're all 80, and they're like, I guess we win. (laughs) Ah, victory. (laughs) Uh, mm, The sweet, deserved taste. The U.S. Open Cup coefficient rises. Oh, Oh, man. So, yeah, that, that was the weird thing that happened. A match between Robbins Dry Dock and Patterson FC started 30 minutes late, which became a problem as the game wore on. The game was 2-1 in Patterson's favor when in the 74th minute, the referee abandoned the game because it got got too dark to play. (laughs) And they didn't have lights back then. Mm -hmm. Robbins Drydock appealed to have the whole game replayed. Sure. And they were successful in that appeal. Yeah. But... Eventually lost the replay three one. So it's really ball unfortunate for all these teams. Ball don't lie. Ball don't lie. Ball don't lie. For for these teams that are trying to to appeal games and sure. have another shot. I mean, it is the thing to do if you want to progress in the tournament. Obviously, like, it's your only shot. But yeah. it is kind of funny that both the teams that appealed lost. But it's cool. But, but it's cool. I'm sure they're fine. In the thir- another third round match, New York FC defeated Scottish American FC two 0 that's very, very specific. <laughs> Just made collectively Scottish of Scottish American FC. Scottish American. Freedom! <laughs> Tragically, this would be the last game played by NYFC's captain, George Young, who uh, died 13 days later from the Spanish flu on January 11th. Rough. After losing their captain, NYFC lost their quarterfinal matchup versus Moore Strydock 2 0. Oh, yeah, I bet. Which is. I mean, it's like rubbing salt in the wounds at that point. Like, that really sucks. So, if you didn't catch that, we've moved on into the yes, quarterfinals. Yes, next, next round. Yeah. Quarterfinals. Robin Strydock. Winners. More Strydock. More Strydock, sorry. Yeah. There are a lot of really similar There names. are several dry docks. So many dry docks. And a couple wet docks. I mean, not actually, but... There are only wet docks. But all the, all the docks are wet. No. <laughs> if we want to go there. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is the dumbest conversation. <laughs> this is pretty dumb. Oh, continue. <laughs> Moving forward in the next quarterfinal matchup between Patterson FC and Four River FC. 
It was played right after the field was cleared of six inches of snow by snowmobiles and tractors. Yes. Creating an extremely muddy, terrible playing circumstances field. Real Buffalo Bill hours. Real Buffalo. This, and this is what happens when you try to play soccer in Massachusetts in February. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the game ended nil-nil. Yeah, of course it did. They couldn't get the ball unstuck (laughs) from the ground. Yes, exactly. So, 10 minutes into the replay, because they did replays back then. They didn't go straight into penalties. Four River went down a player due to a broken ankle. And at this time, subs weren't allowed. allowed. And so, if somebody got hurt, you're just screwed. You're just just down a player. It's it's like you're being punished for something really unfortunate. You're being punished for something that somebody else did to you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Patterson FC would take advantage and go on to win the match 2-1. Duh. So that is really unfortunate. Yes. For another match, there was another layer of snow between Bricklayers and Mason's FC and Rose's FC. Brick, wait, Bricklayers and Mason's FC is all one team. <laughs> yes. It took me a second to, to comprehend all that. Yeah. Bricklayers it, and Mason's FC. Yes. Don't forget the Masons. Forget the the Masons, Masons are an important part of this team. <laughs> when, I was, when I was reading this story uh, and, and doing a bunch of research, it was just team after team. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Another one. Bricklayers and Mason's <laughs> FC. What's next? Cafeteria workers of Brooklyn, New York, FC. Um, I wonder if Nicolas Cage was on Mason's FC. So this game was played in Chicago on March 9th. And like I said, there was snow on the ground. wasn't clear. They just played on top of it. And <laughs> eh, Screw it. <laughs> thankfully, for, for my sake and for the sake of all your listeners, you get to continue to hear me say Bricklayers and Mason's FC oh, because Mason's FC, they came out on top 5-2 to two over Rose's FC. Uh, classic BLMFC. <laughs> Bethlehem Steel, who we've already talked about, a, a juggernaut in the early 1900s. Of course. They won their quarterfinal matchup 5-0 against Akron's Goodyear FC. Pretty Akron's sh- Goodyear. Akron's Goodyear FC. Nice. That is their name. Yeah. So pretty straightforward yeah. for a team that uh, dominates, dominated. Domination. <laughs> and actually, I did want to note, Bethlehem Steel also had a player that got hurt 15 minutes into the game. Did he just keep playing? No, he was out. They played down a man well, for dang. the majority of the game and still won 5-0. So... <sighs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Bethlehem I think Steel. it was pre- like pretty safe to say that Bethlehem Steel were favorites at this point. I yeah. mean, they were they had won the last three of three of the last four US Open Cups. Sure. So I mean And the defending champion is already out. Yeah. So we're moving on to the semifinals and back onto our favorite team, Bricklayers and Masons Brick FC. Bricklayers and Masons FC, baby. They unfortunately got off to a pretty rough start. Oh, no. It was a pretty rough semifinal matchup for them. Not only did they have to play away from home, they were also against... They also had to play against Bethlehem Steel in the semifinal matchup. Rough. So, I mean, yeah, rough. Yeah, it's pretty tough. Mm-hmm. 
while traveling to Pittsburgh for their matchup versus Bethlehem Steel that Bethlehem Steel was hosting. Hence, I mean, it's Pittsburgh. For sure. Yeah, that's cool. Um, They didn't get to Pittsburgh until the morning of the match because they missed the train connection in Buffalo. Go Bills. Go Bills. You know what I'm saying? Which is, it is weird that there's like a layover or a connecting train in Buffalo because Bricklayers and Mason's FC was based out of Chicago. And you'd think that it would be, there would be like a train line that just went from Chicago to Pittsburgh. Into Pittsburgh. But. Yeah, especially with Pittsburgh's reputation as a steel town. But Buffalo is really close to Pittsburgh, so it's possible. I guess it's possible that at the time, Buffalo was just the major train hub, and most train lines went through Buffalo. Yeah. But anyways, um, Bricklayers and Mason's FC had a rough couple days of travel. They were just supposed to get to to Pittsburgh at least the day before the match. Right. Um, Unfortunately, they showed up the morning of after a lengthy train ride. Um, and that didn't help out bricklayers and masons. Can't forget the masons. Can't, don't, don't forget the masons. They're an important part of this team. At all. Because Bethlehem made quick work uh, of them winning the match 5-0. So, I mean, it's just kind of what it is. I feel like we should make a bricklayers and masons FC t-shirt. Yeah, we definitely that's, should. There's, that's, a, that's a good merch idea. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to look into that. <laughs> okay. Can carry on, <laughs> carry on, my dear boy. In the other semifinal match between Patterson FC and Morse Dry Dock, Patterson FC dominated four-one. Pretty straightforward victory. Sure, nothing weird happened there. Um, <laughs> which, a soccer game happened, and that was that. And I, I was talking to you before I started telling the story to everybody, but it just feels like weird thing after weird thing was happening this entire tournament. And I'm sure a large, I mean, a large part of that is because of the flu pandemic and <clears throat> yeah. also world war one just right. kind of creating right. a general cloud of chaos over everything really bone in the u.s open yeah. cup. but anyways we have our final matchup set for this edition the 1919 u.s open cup or the um uh national challenge cup i sure. keep on saying u.s open cup but it's just you know it's the national challenge cup back in the day yes between Bethlehem Steel and Patterson FC. It was a close match, and similar to all the matches prior to this, it drew a large crowd in the middle of a pandemic. 10,000 fans showed up. Oof. Yeah, not great. Uh, why? I know. Why, people? After Patterson... 10,000 people don't show up for a Chicago Fire game today. Why are you... <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the truth hurts. The truth. Ah. <laughs> stab, stab. Oh, gosh. It was Patterson FC who managed to score first, but the goal was quickly disallowed, oh. and as a result, the half ended nil-nil. Very tight game, very different than the two semi-match, semifinal matches yes. that were complete blowouts. Yeah, just utter destruction. George McKelvey put Bethlehem Steel in front in the 58th minute. Despite numerous chances, Patterson was unable to equalize, and in the 90th minute, Harry Radican Radican put the final nail in the coffin Harry for Radican. Radican. 
Put the final nail in the coffin for Patterson FC. Ooh, nail in the coffin with the Bethlehem Steel. I see. I see what you did there. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're laying down. I'm smelling what you're stepping in. The game ended 2-0, giving Bethlehem Steel its fourth National Challenge Cup in five years. That's pretty decent. Which is pretty decent. That's pretty mad decent. It is kind of funny because a week later, Bethlehem Steel defeated Patterson FC again in the American Cup final, which is just a different uh, soccer American soccer tournament at the time. And both teams had progressed to the final. And Bethlehem Steel, Bethlehem Steel got the clean sweep. Asserting their dominance. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that that is the story of the 1918-1919 um, National Challenge Cup, what is US now Open, known as the U.S. US Open Cup, amidst World War One and a pandemic that hopefully is way worse than what COVID-19 will ever be. Uh, I think the cat's still out of the bag on that. But yeah, hoping hope for the best. Um, I wish that I was able to to find some sort of stats um, at, as far as like the impact on what the the infection rates were after these matches, where thousands of people were coming to watch. Sure, uh, especially since I mean, like that tournament ended like in what, like March. It ended April. April? It, it was uh, April 19th. The pandemic still went on until December of, of 1920. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was definitely a while. Um, I have some sources. Frank DeLapa from ussoccer.com um, actually just wrote an article about this uh, about a week ago, which was pretty fortunate for me. About a week ago. <laughs> a week ago. Um, Chuck Nolan Jr. from the cup.us had a five-part series on this tournament specifically, which was awesome. Um, you should check that out, the cup.us. Um, if you just Google that and then Google like 1919 National Challenge Cup, yeah. it'll pop up. And then um, Christopher Klein from the History Channel, just for random historical facts all throughout the story, uh, pulled from all those guys. So that is a story. It felt like a timely yeah, piece, certainly. Uh, that was very relatable to to uh, what we're kind of going through right now. So I was I was glad that I got to share the story. I mean, it is pretty sad, right? Yeah. I mean, all the people dying, it's, and it's not not like super, not super awesome. Yeah, the um, the complete. Um, it's just not. You could tell that these teams didn't really like care about the players and like putting the, all the fans in harm's way. And so it's kind of rough. And so I'm, I'm thankful that a lot of sporting teams are being somewhat responsible now. But I think there was also a fundamental misunderstanding of just how long something like that could go on and like what was really, what would really be the best for people in that I, I think that to a certain extent, sure, like there was a certain like little like capitalistic urge of just like, oh, uh, yeah, like, like, uh, who cares? Like, yeah. Who cares about the players? Like, yeah. just tell them to go play. But at the same time, I think there was like a, <clears throat> probably a legitimate thought that like, oh, maybe it really is best if we just if we just went on and, and did it. Like if, if we just we just went on. Yeah. Whereas now teams and leagues can't do that. Because 
if they tried to do it, there probably would be such a public outcry. Like there probably would be such a public backlash to oh, it yeah, yeah. that it would be like economically suicide for them for yeah. them to do something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I I think that maybe take it with a grain of salt, um, and certainly knowing that people tend to, especially rich people, tend to look out for themselves and their wallets more than oh people. yeah yeah. But I think that they're they're might be a little bit of room for grace in, <laughs> in that in the the early 1900s understanding of global pandemics yeah especially when you have a propaganda machine uh that's being like ah oh, like we're fine, we're fine. You, you don't really need to worry about this that much this is america yeah we're not gonna get beat by no virus but anyways if you like this story and you like soccer history and want to continue to support the Deadball Brothers and, and what we do, um, you can follow us on social media at Deadball Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can drop us an email with any critiques or suggestions for stories, or if you just want to drop in and say, "Hey, I'll respond within two months, hopefully." <laughs> <laughs> a really, really strict feedback time there. You can support us financially by buying our merch. The link will be in the description for this podcast. We have sweatshirts. We have t-shirts um, with all the designs designed by all the designs designed. All the designs designed. By my very own brother, Adam Whitaker Snavely, and ah, co-host flex. of the podcast. Let's go. Um, and so if you guys want to check that out, and and purchase a shirt from there that would be super dope and we would appreciate that a lot but yeah i mean but but yeah I th- I th- and finally uh once again if you want to support us in one other way you can always drop us a rating and a review on apple Podcasts because that is the way that more people see our podcast so I know that a lot of you have. We're closing in right now on 50 ratings and reviews. We would so love to get to 50. We'd really, really appreciate that. And so we're shooting for that very, very soon. Um, so if you've been listening, uh, if you're a person that is new or if you've been here and you've just like, uh, like I, you know, I've been putting it off or I want to, I want to say something that's actually funny or clever, like we we love you anyway, uh, and we believe in you. And if you just want to leave us that review and want to go ahead and pull the trigger on that, uh, we would really appreciate it, and it would really help us out a bunch. So if you want to do that, please go for it. But that is how you can support us, and we are going to keep making content for you. And until that time, which will be in about one week, my name is Adam Whitaker-Snavely. And I'm Drew. And we love you very much. Kiss your loved ones on the mouth. Bye-bye.